Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. For today's mini, we have a very special mini because it's listener mail. Listener mail. Yes. You all send us amazing letters. We love them. I keep saying letters instead of email. I don't know why. I'm like, you're going to old school because some of these are just Insta messages. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Letters feels more like it encompasses a lot. So I mean, um, our listener, Jamie, our friend of the show, Jamie did send us some great letters as well as the fact that she sent us really pretty stationery that I need to start using. You know what? The one thing I don't have, though, the penmanship. Oh, so not it makes even, me you kind of got sad. a good pen, but not no. a good penmanship. Oh, I've got great pens. I love pens. So I've got all the best <laughs> pens. That sounded oddly... Yes, it did. <laughs> Trumpian. But yeah, no, it was literally like, I really suck at my penmanship, but I really want to be able to write pretty. Mm-hmm. I just don't have that skill. I'm very sad you about this. You can work on it. You can work on that. Yeah, I do need to work on that. But yes, I'm very excited to do this segment because I love reading all the best. Like, we get such good advice. We get so many good recommendations. We do. And and you listeners, every time you, you message us in whatever manner it is, you often let us know about something that we didn't know about, which is great. Because we, yeah, we want to make things that you like and we don't want to miss things that we should be talking about. Right. So, we don't we want do. to miss out. I have a big case of FOMO. Big case of FOMO. That's what I say when I see you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look, we have to do these things. I got to keep up with the times, right? Yes. We got to keep up with the times. Um, and I guess, speaking of that, we do have two Sex in the City-based messages at the top. I love um, that it hit people. 
It's that so great. Be, yeah. I love it. I know, I know, I, I do too. Keila or Kayla wrote, um, sorry if I mispronounced your name. Hey, love the show. Always have you doing great. All that. Oh, thanks. Um, just checking in to say that I would be obsessed with the Sex in the City reaction videos pitched in the latest episode. Thank you for existing. Thank uh, you for existing yeah. and sending this message. And, you know, as we said, the option's on the table. It's not I off. want it to happen. I, I Look, yes, Kayla, thank you so much for agreeing because this has been my dream YouTube show that doesn't exist <laughs> is to have my snarky, very like less than likely people who would not watch Sex and the City sit there with me mm-hmm. to talk about the show. I think it would be so fantastic. I do too. And we have batted around the idea of maybe doing that occasionally on our happy hour episodes. Yes. So if that's something people are interested in, please let us know. Um, and I actually have access to Sex in the City now and I haven't watched it just oh. in case this becomes a thing. Well, I did make you watch. So you and I got together uh, at one point during our uh, in-between quarantine two weeks and then visit people times where I made you watch at least the first half of the first episode, right? Yeah. It's the second episode, I believe. Oh, the second episode. And we were getting into it and the smirk on your face was worth it. <laughs> a, B, my partner walked in and he was like, no, and walked right back <laughs> <Yeah>. out. That's <laughs> why we only got halfway through. Yeah, so we had to, we moved it to, because we had other plans, but I was like, oh, we have some time. Let me put this on. Yes, yes. So I'm ready. I'm I'm holding off so we can get this first-time reaction if this is something people oh, are interested in. <laughs> so excited. I want this to happen so much. Yes. Well, listeners, let us know. Right. Jennifer also wrote about Sex and the City. Sex and the City has always been one of the shows I rewatch annually, like Friends and The Office, No Judgment, Please. So I definitely feel I'm up there with Samantha and her cultural knowledge of the series. The dialogue is witty, the storylines are unique, and the feeling of empowerment it provides is always refreshing. The show can definitely qualify as a problematic fave for many of the reasons you both brought up on the show. However, I find that I always leave it feeling like the women in the show are the powerful ones. I'm currently 27, and I watched the series for the first time when I was in my first year of college. I found it helpful in the same way a younger sibling learns from the outlandish mistakes their older siblings make. I knew the lifestyles on the show weren't exactly realistic, but I did like that the show provided an outlet where all these different topics and ideas and insecurities were being discussed. And that way, it has always been a relatable series for me, despite having come from a different decade. I think that's because, above all, it touches on the feelings that are felt when you're single, when you're an overthinker, and when you're lonely. And that's pretty tireless. Plus, it helps that the characters call each other out on their bullshit, which doesn't always happen in the real world and is refreshing to see. I hope most women get a chance to watch the show and make their own judgment of it. If you look at it through a feminist lens, it won't always pass the Bechdel test or hold up to today's social views. But similar to The Mummy, that doesn't make it not enjoyable watch. It's true. Uh, I agree with all the things you said. I love that whole idea that you're learning from your... Older, dumb siblings. I love it. She continues on and says, P.S. I was thinking when you mentioned your quiz results, how I read somewhere once that the different characters on the show were designed to make up one singular personality, which is very true. So that no matter who watched the show, the viewer would always find someone to relate to. Realistically, every woman has bits of Miranda in her, bits of Charlotte, bits of Carrie, and thank God, bits of Samantha, R.I.P., since she's not going to be in the new... (laughs) A rendition. And nobody is typically all of just one type. That's the magic of the character storylines, and it's what keeps you 
equally engaged in all of them. Just food for thought, I wanted to share. Hope all is well in Georgia. It is now. And with your families, PPS, maybe an episode on the women of Friends could work. Just saying it could be awesome, which, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just watched a really creepy interview of Jennifer Aniston and David Letterman. And it was kind of in her prime. And I was like, man... The differences of what you see in these women who have been in the 90s characters to being like promoting in today is so weird. But that would be an interesting topic to have the conversation about the women of Friends because you do have really extreme women in there. Like their individual characters, like Monica's the OCD, extreme controlling one. And then Mm -hmm. Rachel's the uh, flighty girl who's kind of the manic pixie girl within that show. Except I guess maybe that's actually Phoebe who is all over the place. Yeah. A little bit airheaded, I guess, but really yeah. ridiculously calming. But yeah, that would be an interesting episode. We should look into that. Maybe we should do a women of sitcom. <laughs> yes. Uh, that would be a large episode. Very, yeah, that would be many parts, I think. <laughs> but yes, uh, I love this letter. I love hearing people that are so passionate in their love for the show. And, yeah. Um, being able to pick out is true. Like when you watch these things, you you do relate to these characters and there's just different bits of, of them that you see in yourself and can relate to. Right. Stephanie wrote, I've wanted to share something going on in my town, Lubbock, Texas, regarding reproductive rights. I have been getting caught up on Sminty episodes because I am super behind. I'm currently on your December episodes and you have brought up reproductive rights in a few episodes. And I was like, I bet they would like to hear about the nonsense going on in West Texas. So within the past decade, Texas towns have been passing sanctuary cities for the unborn ordinance, which, oof. I believe that there are currently 13 sanctuary cities in Texas, and they are all in small towns. There is a group called Sanctuary City for the Unborn that tries to get cities to pass the ordinance, and they're led by some guy whose name I have purposely not remembered. Don't blame you. They came to Lubbock, and our state senators, Charles Perry and Dustin Burroughs, supported it along with West and East Texas Right to Life. They started a petition and got enough votes for the ordinance to be voted by our city council. Our mayor, Dan Pope, and the other council members refused to vote on it, but our state senators and all of the pro-birthers demanded that the city council vote. They said they would only after speaking to a law firm, and the law firm said that the ordinance is unconstitutional and cannot be enforced. After that, our city council said again that they wouldn't vote on it, but they did because of all the complaints they got. And there was a city council meeting and it was a complete shitstorm. A video went around Lubbock groups where Mayor Pope says, quote, are you kidding me? After someone spoke due to the ridiculous nature of most people's comments. There were also pro-birth protests outside of our city hall. And of course, none of the protesters were wearing masks. Of course. She continues, the Lubbock City Council unanimously voted against the ordinance. Although he is pro-life, Mayor Pope did say that this ordinance has no merit and is unconstitutional. Of course, that wasn't the end of it, and the people who favored the ordinance started another petition so it can be on the ballot and voted on by the citizens of Lubbock. We are going to be voting on the ordinance in May. This will be a hard thing to beat because although most Lubbock citizens are against the ordinance, it's going to be tough to get people out to vote in May. The people who are for the ordinance are in full force with a plan of action to get supporters out to the polls. This all started when Planned Parenthood came back to Lubbock and people lost their minds. The Lubbock Planned Parenthood does not provide abortions, which is something that they all refuse to believe. Mm. 
And I love that. And she continues and says, I thought you might find this interesting. It's crazy. And if it passes, Lubbock will be the biggest city in Texas to have the ordinance. There are about 262,000 people who live in Lubbock. So we are a medium-sized city that is a hub for not only the small towns in our area, but also some small towns in New Mexico. This is also home to Texas Tech University and a lot of our younger citizens are college students. Mayor Pope has said that they can vote on it all they want, but it cannot be enforced due to Roe versus Wade, which... It's kind of nice to hear that you've got a sensical mayor, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I believe that the West and East Texas Right to Life want this because they know that the ACLU will sue Lubbock and it will become a significant case against reproductive rights. I think they want bragging rights in bringing down Roe versus Wade, but that's just my opinion. So, wow, that is a lot. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention because that is a huge issue. And this is kind of what we talked about in many of our episodes about how important local elections and local uh, ordinances that we need to be paying attention because you're absolutely right. This could have something to do with a bigger Roe versus Wade case and what may happen in our future. Absolutely. That makes Unfortunately, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah and I don't is... think you're being paranoid at all on this one. No, no. And so, yes, thank you again for bringing that to our attention. And I, it's very scary. And uh, we hope that you are well and all of our listeners from Texas are well because there's also weather and power right. issues Things happen. are happening. Please continue yeah. to let us know what's going on because we would love to keep being updated in what's happening because, yeah, it is a big, big issue and it will affect a lot of people around the country. Yes. And if there are any resources, listeners know that we can shout out please send those our way. Sydney wrote about our Argentina mini. It is such an important event for the people who are able to carry pregnancies. In recent years, there were cases of women imprisoned for accidental miscarriages, and there were also many young kids forced to give birth. It's so scary how cruel conservative people operate. That's why this law is going to need continual support from feminist activists, reinforcing it across the country. So this was about our mini we did on abortion in that country. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, writing to us and let us know what's going on because, yeah, absolutely. This is a big victory, but it's a constant fight and we know that. So please keep us updated. And then we have listener Angie who wrote, on your recent podcast, um, Hello 2021, which is outdated and was outdated within a week of publishing. (laughs) We know this. We know this. Uh, (laughs) We tried so hard. (laughs) We tried. You mentioned two issues relating to pregnancy during COVID, infertility and delayed pregnancy and accidental pregnancies. I and a few of my friends are part of a third group that has really been struggling during COVID. People who've been trying to conceive for a while and just happen to become pregnant during the pandemic. I'm currently 33 weeks pregnant and throughout my pregnancy, I've had to deal with many people making jokes about being bored during quarantine and how... My child is a COVID baby. It's upsetting that so many people feel the need to make light of a huge life event. My husband and I had been trying to conceive for over 10 months before we found out we were pregnant in June. I have another friend who had been trying for a year and another for over two years. I've been very open when people make comments that they shouldn't assume that a pregnancy during this time is an accident. It just adds to the negative emotions that many pregnant women are feeling right now. Uh, This is my first pregnancy and my husband has not been able to come to appointments. I have not been able to share my excitement and experiences with friends and family in the same way I would in our, quote, normal world. And even my delivery will be different than planned due to hospital restrictions or who can be with me and limitations on visitors after birth. Pregnancy is not the same during this time, and much of the joy and excitement has been taken away from expecting parents. I was diagnosed with PCOS at 16 and told for half my life that I would probably need medical intervention to become pregnant, if I could at all. So the fact that I am now experiencing this wonderful time and strangers, as well as others close to me, 
we make light of it can be very hurtful at times. I try not to let it bother me, but I wish there were more awareness of this third group, the wanted and planned baby with its own sense of timing. Just a thought to add to that part of your discussion about the impact the pandemic has had on pregnancy. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. I know I've had many of friends who have struggled uh, with infertility and who have struggled to get pregnant. And yeah, they don't want to turn this joyous experience to a joke because it is a huge, huge, huge part of their life and experience of their life. And yeah, I remember our neighbor recently, I think at, towards the beginning, like towards the first three or four months of our quarantine, she had been pregnant and went and gave birth. And we talked about the experience and how different it was and how like it had changed drastically mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And it does make me sad because absolutely for those who have good relationships with parents who want to be a part of that, with siblings who want to be mm-hmm. part of that, I'll never forget going to visit my sister right after she had our, for her first daughter, so my first niece, and the joys of that. So I can't imagine that level of feeling like you're missing out yeah. on something so significant. But at the same time, yeah, no one wants to make light of something huge and so joyful for people who have been mm-hmm. trying to conceive for so long. Yes, um, these were all great points. And we really appreciate you bringing that to our attention because I do think that this third group of women, as you say, or people who can get pregnant, um, do get left out of this conversation a lot. So thank you. And our hearts go out to you. Also, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have note from Talia on Instagram. First, I wanted to thank you for devoting one of your latest Monday minis to a topic of women's rights in Poland. It was an informative and much-needed episode, and I'm grateful that you've shown some light on this pretty tragic ongoing situation and made more people aware of what has been going on in Poland. Why am I writing to you? Well, I'm Polish myself, currently living in Vancouver, Canada. I'm part of a very new movement group called Polonia Inclusive. Essentially, we are a platform supporting culture, diversity, and advocacy in Canada, Poland, and elsewhere. We are a bunch of like-minded people, many of whom initiated and organized protests across Canada. There were protests happening in Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, just to name a few, in support of Strike Kobiet, the all-women strikes in Poland. Our members and friends are working on many fronts trying to raise awareness, fundraising, writing letters and petitions, etc. as the abortion ban in Poland is such a pressing issue and definitely our main focus right now. In your podcast, you've said to give a shout out about possible resources and people with firsthand experience from protest, etc. And I think we can be of help with that. Our Instagram page is at Polonia Inclusive. So that's P-O-L-O-N-I-A inclusive, should you be interested in who we are and what we're doing to help with the situation in Poland and other matters, please give us a shout out. Thank you again. And thank you. Yes. uh, (laughs) And please keep us updated. Looking on your Instagram has been really helpful to see what's happening and just some of the conversations that's needed to happen. So thank you so much. Also, Strike Kobiet, which is that all women's strikes organization that we had talked about in our mini, is S-T-R-A-J-K-K-O-B-I-E-T. And they do have an Instagram account. It's all in Polish, so <laughs> I don't yeah. quite know what's happening. I think you could translate it, though. And they also have a site and they also have a GoFundMe if you will need to look that up. But I would definitely tell you to go to their actual site, to their Instagram, and follow those leads if you are wanting to send some funds or see how you can support as well. Yes. And thank you for bringing this resource to our attention. And 
please keep those coming. If you yeah, know something please else. keep. If we've done two, I believe, with Poland already, and we want to keep up with what's happening because mm-hmm. it is really important, as well as the fact that you personally working in this advocacy is important. And thank you so much for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then we also have another message from Instagram from listener Roseanne. She wrote, "I've just listened to Dead Inside, and it resonated with me so much. My friends also say that they tell me stuff because they know I won't over." react or be too dramatic. They see it as a positive thing, but I've also been told I've got a heart of stone in a jokey way, and I still struggle with this internally. I'm currently pregnant and think babies are cute, but I don't gush over them. We are normal, not sociopathic. Agree. (laughs) And this podcast made me so happy, which is proof. Do feel strongly, just not always, when society projects we should. But then, who in the world conforms to all societal pressures? Exactly. It was like listening to myself talking. Thank you so much for opening up about this and sharing. And thank you, Roseanne. That made us feel very normal. Like, (laughs) scene. I felt, because I was scared about that episode. I was like, I'm going to start getting messages like I did before. What's wrong with you? But I should have known our audiences. Much. <laughs> They're very kind, right. and uh, it's nice to hear that you're not alone when you feel <laughs> these ways. Right. It does. I think we were just discussing as we were about to uh, hop on for this episode about the difference between dead inside and soulless. Because I've been told I'm soulless, and you've been right. told you're dead inside. And we're like, I guess dead inside. You said, uh, what did it you Im- say? It implies that you were once alive inside, and life is just kind of. Never screwed you over. <laughs> right. You've become well, numb. Being soulless, I'm just mean and it never had a soul. So <laughs> there's that, I guess. But yes, thank you so much for writing to us. And we love, love, love hearing from y'all. And we do try to respond, if not always quickly, yes. eventually. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we take all of your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions into account. We love getting those because again, that we want to make stuff that you want to hear. <laughs> so Correct. we love hearing from you. Please keep those messages coming. Thanks to all of the listeners who wrote to us in this episode. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC.
The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.